Beam on board for May's biggest event. There's a vessel coming through the rift. Hang on. Federation. The final episode of Voyager. Seven of nine is going to die. My death would be a small price to pay. Will they make it home? To quote Ambassador Spock, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. We're not going to attempt this unless everyone in this room agrees. Stop her! Voyager will be destroyed. The Star Trek Voyager series finale. Oh. A two-hour television event. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we are reviewing the series finale of Star Trek Voyager Endgame Parts 1 and 2. As always, I'm Clarence. And today, I have with me none other than my friend slash co-host slash Trekkie, Cal Jones. How you doing, man? You know what? We've come to Voyager, and I'm happy. So I'm happy to be here. Always happy to be here, but I'm especially happy to be here because I think, for me personally... This is the all-time favorite Star Trek episode for me. Wow. That's yes. saying a lot. Yes. I can't wait to get into this episode. And it's funny coming back to it after we've watched the first season of Prodigy, which is so Voyager heavy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. yep. I want to get into a little news. And we had an unfortunate passing in the Star Trek universe. Annie Wershing, only a young 45, and I didn't realize she was that young, but only 45 years old, and she recently passed away. You may know her from the latest season of Star Trek Picard. She played the the very different but very fun Borg Queen in, in those mm-hmm. episodes. She was suffering from cancer this whole while, but she kept acting and kept going, so really sad. You, you know, it is amazing the strength of people. I'm thinking back to her, obviously. We yeah. think about Chadwick Boseman. You yeah. know, we were joking about Endgame a minute ago, but, you know, he was sick during the recording. I, mean, I believe he was sick during the recording of Endgame, and, you know, no one knew it. Going back to Doctor Who, the last couple of seasons of Sarah Jane Adventures, yeah. she was sick. No one knew it. but So they carried on, and um, their legacy will carry on. Can't say enough about the, the strength of people who are willing to just, you know, live your life no matter what's going on. And they, they certainly were great examples of that, for sure. Yes. Uh, other things she's been in, which I haven't seen a lot of these, Vampire Diaries, Timeless, Runaways, which I haven't seen. She was in that as well. Castle. So she's, oh, she's been in, in That's in quite why a few she things. looks familiar. She was one of the moms on The Runaways. That's why hmm. she looks so familiar. I know she. Okay, interesting. Yeah, she was on thirty-two episodes of Runaways, so uh, very prominent there. Now I know exactly who she is. Okay, yeah, as well as Bosch and something called The Rookie, which I haven't seen as well. So, yep, just sad news there. So hearts and minds, and just uh, go out to her family as, as they get through this very tough time. And it always sucks when you lose somebody in the Star Trek family. So, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to get into before we get into our review? Anything you've been watching? listening to that you want to give a shout out before we get into our main review? So for anyone who's watching or listening to this in the UK or or in the US and have BritBox, I have recently started binging Line of Duty. So I've watched the first four seasons of Line of Duty over the weekend, or I'm in the fourth season. And the 12th season of Vera, which I'm a big fan of, premiered on BritBox this weekend. So 
Woohoo for me. Man, you're on your Brit box, dude. <laughs> dude. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, I think other than returning to, oh, I don't know, Doctor Who and Star Trek, I have pretty much lived in the last couple of months in Brit box. So, oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, I want to mention a few things that I've been watching that I didn't mention last time. I watched the movie Megan. If you've seen previews of that, it's like the girl version of Chucky, I guess, if you want to call yep. it anything. A very interesting movie. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. There's a great tech angle in there if you're into that. So uh, I really, really like that movie. Enjoyed that. And also I caught up on the ill-fated Morbius. Really? So how bad was it? (sighs) It's it's bad. It's bad. And poor Matt Smith. He's just having fun giving the performance of his life. And it's really sad to see him get trapped in in that movie it's it's like the doctor who actors somehow find a way to get in, into bad movies you know i don't know david Tennant has a few good ones but you know it's not like they're just big blockbusters over here in america well you know and i don't know if this was a blockbuster or not but you have peter capaldi in the last version of suicide squad yeah, which was a good one, was a yeah. good one. he had a very so. weird role in that very red role. So, you know, hit or miss, he he had Morbius, and then he, he being Matt Smith, and then he went to uh, House of Dragon. So, yeah, Oh, which is a, just a phenomenal show, which is, yeah. pro- he's pr- he honestly may be known for that more than, maybe not more, but just as much as Doctor Who by the end of it. Yes, agreed. And of course, he's in that Netflix show that was pretty popular where he's, was he? The Crown. Yeah, The Crown. Have you watched that? I've I've watched all seasons of it, yes. Do you recommend it? I do. I do. If you like history, knowing that it is a telepic, you know, that there's some liberties that they probably take with the story, a little bit, probably. But no, I enjoyed it. I, uh, I've i liked all three age variations of the family. So, so there's this site called Letterboxd where you can go and review movies and, mm-hmm. you know, also mark what you've watched. And I wrote a quick blurb for Morbius. Can I read it real quick? Please do. Morbius is a not so great movie that sets up some things we'll probably never see come to light. I didn't hate it. I think Matt Smith was pretty great and had a blast in a role. But while the notion of pitting two brothers against each other is appealing on the face of it, a lack of execution and clumsy storytelling made this endeavor a very subpar early odds paint by numbers superhero movie interesting so now who was the screenwriter of this i have no idea (laughs) it sounds like chris chipnell oh wow burn the man is going out you're still just trashing the guy come on hey 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 can't help (laughs) oh with that we're going to get right into our review of star trek you know spinning from marvel we're going to go back to star trek so star trek voyager Endgame was directed by Alan Croker and teleplay by Kenneth Biller and Robert Doherty and the story by Rick Berman, Kenneth Biller and Brandon Braga. Having long since made it home, an aged Admiral Janeway breaks Starfleet directives and temporal laws to take a last stab at an old enemy and shorten Voyager's journey home. So, for everyone listening, if you have not seen the finale of Voyager, put us on pause, go out, watch it, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 
Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. The spoiler warning has been dropped, of course, and like always, we go right back to Mr. Jones for the beats of the episode, sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. Honestly, you never know. Mr. Jones, what do you have for us this week? Do you have anything? I do indeed have something, and it ties to Star Trek's past and future Mm. and present, maybe, or present in a couple of weeks. (laughs) Those were the days. Short, simple. That's it. And sweet. Yeah, those were the days. So what makes those the days? Is it that feeling of nostalgia that we get from watching these episodes? And obviously, we love Voyager. And I have to admit, when I sat back to watch this yesterday, it was just like a a, a warm blanket that you, <laughs> you snuggle in when you're cold. You know, it just makes you feel good. You know, some hot cocoa. So let me ask you this, you know, and I think we've made reference to watching things a long time ago, and then we go back and watch it with years past, etc. Do you find that you see things differently watching it now than you did in 2001? Because you're technically like Admiral Janeway now compared to Captain, (laughs) just as I am, you know, the experiences that you've had in your life, does it make the episode feel different to you? For me, I don't, I don't think it did. I don't think it did. For me, it felt just as fresh and the points were just as as, as poignant as they were when I initially watched it. I really, now I I get there is a message in this this two-parter of, you know, old Janeway versus younger Jane Way and the experiences that made her different and much tougher, harder. And I do get that sentiment in the story. But for me, I really didn't feel it myself. But obviously, you have something going on there. So, you know, I love it just as much as I loved it the first time, you know, so that didn't change. But my, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? My, the point of view that I've related to more, the Watching it the first time, and maybe it was because I had watched it in sequential order, and I knew Captain Janeway, and that was the you know the one that I was watching. But I felt like I had more of a connection watching it this time with Admiral Janeway than I did the first time because she felt like the alien the first time watching it. She was the unknown, and this time I mm. felt like oh I, I don't know I just empathized more for some reason, with the older Janeway than I did. I liked them both. Don't get me yeah, wrong, but yeah, I just sure. I felt like I just understood the Admiral more. You know, as we pass this time and we've seen Prodigy and we've gotten to know more of the older Kate McGrew, I personally am, like you said, in a strange way, I'm connected more to the older Janeway seemingly, but which is funny. Which is funny because, of course, we had seven seasons with the the younger Captain Janeway. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, after seeing Vice Admiral Janeway on Prodigy and and actually, you know, spending this time with older Janeway, whether it be on different show, a different show um, or, or whatever, you know, right. seeing her age through the years and, and seeing her come back into the Star Trek fold. It, it's something that pulls you a little bit to the older Janeway. And it's a funny thing, I feel. Mm hmm. And, and you know, it doesn't take away from the younger Janeway because I still had that same admiration and 
whatever that I watched the first time through. And maybe it's partly because 20 years ago, we were different people, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, for sure. And, you know, we've come through, there are people that we've lost, loved ones, relatives, coworkers, whatever, circumstances change, you know, fill in the blanks of all different categories, life happened. Yeah. So I just think that you, the older you get, the more inclined you are to want to revisit things and wonder if I woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, for sure. And maybe that's partly why we relate to her too. Let's talk about the world building a bit, because the thing that just jumped out to me again, as we look at this now, uh, 20 years since this episode is aired and we see where they're projecting what the future will look like, what these characters, what these actual people will look like 20 years down the line. I think it's what, 20? It took them 23 years to get back and yeah. it's 10 years out. So it was actually 33 years since we right. saw them. Uh, right. they t- it took them 16 extra years, I think, yeah. to get home. Plus, it's been another 10 years. 26. It is right on right on point then. Just, you know, we're a few years further than, right. than that point. What did you think about the world building on how they actually made these people look and realize this world that we see here? Because I tried to put this in my mind of like, okay, where are we in the Star Trek timeline exactly? Is this other than Discovery, is this the furthest future we've seen in Star Trek? Maybe. I'm not sure, but I think it's pretty close Uh, if it's not. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think you're right on point. And the reason I wrote down those were the days was because A, of what we're talking about, you know, the conversation we just had. Yeah. But it also goes into the fundamental premise of the of the show she's the world building is all about seeing them in the future and her having this yearning for those were the days you yeah. know the things that had happened and trying to undo just as, as as what we were talking about that's what she was doing the thing that kind of tugged at the heartstrings was the two box scene mm. you know when when she goes and she says goodbye yeah that was just kind of like that literally seriously tugged at the heartstrings. Well, there's so much to what's going on here. We have this world building that we're establishing at the very beginning of a, a supposed future. And what was in the back of my mind the whole time, you know, knowing how this episode is going to end is that this is a future that we will never see, you know, everything, all the sentiment that we have from the beginning of the doctor getting married and Captain Kim and where everybody, you know, uh, Bilana and, and Tom's child now in Starfleet working for Admiral Janeway, all these things that we have in place may happen, but it's going to be different because mm. Janeway is changing this future. And it's weird because it goes against everything that supposedly she believes, but she's adamant on, on doing this thing. So let me ask you a question. Well, I have two questions. Question number one is do you think she was right? And question number two is they play coy in the first part of the uh, episode with Seven of Nine. Did you think when watching this that Seven had gone back and turned on them and went back to the Borg the way Janeway reacts when asked about Seven until you find out what happened? I don't know. I think I always figured that something, you know, somebody died along the way. 23 years is a long time to get such a big group of people back. 
And we had mm-hmm. already seen where even in the first few days of landing in a Delta Quadrant of people just not making it. And right. yeah, to go so long and to you're going to lose some people. Now, obviously, seven is a huge, significant loss. Yeah, so I, I do get the sentiment there. And I, I always thought that something went wrong. And the fact that how this tore Chakotay up, you know, he, mm-hmm. he was never the same as they put it in the episode. I can see that. But let me spin it back, back around on you and ask you about this relationship that we, I think we had seen it kind of hinted at even before we got to the finale to end game. But how did you feel like, feel that was played in this two quarter? Did you feel like they laid it on too thick just to give us these heartfelt moments of losing one of the two along the way? Or did it feel natural to you? I remember watching this as, you know, back in the DVD days of Netflix. And, you know, when they finally released an, a season, was getting them back to back to back. So I was watching them back to back to back as soon as they came out. So it felt natural because we were, you were pre-binging days, binging the episodes. And it felt natural to me. What it doesn't feel natural now is... I want that explanation of what happened to that uh, relationship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah. we've never referenced it seeing Seven of Nine again. We've not had any Chakotay references from her. So now I'm wanting that Chakotay reference. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, again, to Prodigy, we see where Chakotay is right now. We see where Seven is right now. Obviously moved on to other love interests. <laughs> right. So. I just want some Voyager wrap up, even if it's like a mini series, you know, something to tell us where these people are now. I think they're right at that age where they all could jump in and pick up around this timeline where we mm-hmm. at right now. Because, you know, obviously we talk about we're, we're almost we're a little over right at 20 years later in real time. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would love to see them come back and revisit to, you know, just tell us a little bit more about the story of how things happened when we got back. Because. I think for me, uh, initially watching, that was one of the saddest things about the ending to me was that we got home, but that's it. We're home. You know, Chewie, mm-hmm. we're home. <laughs> we're home. And there is a, and I I have this somewhere in a box somewhere that, that I bought this book, but there is a book, and I don't know if it's still in print, but there is a book that was written a Star Trek Voyager novel mm. that takes effect or takes place immediately after. Really? You, you know, they, and it's when they, because, you know, you have that last scene and they're being escorted back to Earth. Yeah. And this takes place immediately as after they land. I think there's one or two books and I can't remember the name of them. I know I bought the first one. I can't remember what all happened because it's been 20 years since I've read it. <laughs> but there is a book out there that picks up immediately after the you know series ends. Yeah, I might have to pick it up. I'm always I'm kind of hesitant to pick up the books nowadays because I know, you know, the when it comes to canon, the books are the last thing that's yeah. really adhered to. Yeah. So but they do have there are some great stories out there that that uh, you can pick up and kind of fill in some mm. of the gaps. So, yeah, maybe I need to do that. So let me go back to my first question that I asked for you. Do you think Janeway was right? No, no. Because mm. there's sentiments that we get throughout the episode where, of course, and she even mentions it, that young Janeway is such an idealist. She's so hard 
are so so stern in her principles, even when they first make it to the Delta Quadrant. You know, they had a chance to go home, but she was so adamant on upholding the Starfleet values. And that that's what keeps them there. So you have and she even says that we're back here seven years later and we have another chance to go home. But will you take that opportunity or will you still hold fast to your principles? I think that's the Jane way I know is the Jane way that holds to her principles when she can. Most of the time she holds to her Mm -hmm. principles and she won't compromise. She's always she's not going to take the easy way out when it when it's going against what Starfleet is. You know, she will not take that easy way out. So we're right back there where she gets this opportunity. So was she right? If that's the question, no. <laughs> mm. Just to put it bluntly after all of that preamble, no. And and Harry Kim says this thing, and you know Harry even said himself, "I'm the one that's all, that always wants to get home. I'm trying to find a shortcut. I'm the one that's saying let's do this. Let's take let's take risk. Let's try to get home." But he's the one that says maybe it's not the destination; it's the journey. And of course, if we're going to lose people along the way, that's a very sad thing. And that might change your mind a little bit. But I just I just love it when Starfleet people hold fast to Starfleet principles. That's why I get so mad on some of these other shows where they just throw all that asunder, you know, and Lord X, not the trash Lord X. But, you know, just throw all that asunder and we're just going to be zany and not even care about the rules. So that's one of the things that draws me to Star Trek is having principles and doing everything everything they can to try to uphold them. And say, let me interject something real quick, because this is not trying to be cliche, but one of the reasons, because they actually say this in the episode, that one of the reasons I like this so much is, yes, they can hold their principles. Harry, Captain Janeway, all the rest of the crew, they can hold their, you know, hold true to their principles, to the prime directive to the temporal, et cetera, and so forth. And that's cool. They can do that. But parallel to that, you can also have the other Janeway who has the different motivation so she can be right and wrong at the same time. You can have your cake and eat it too. Of course, that version of Janeway doesn't make it, but was she right? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because any anytime you're going back and changing the past, I feel like this is kind of wrong. Because it's it's just like a it's like a god thing. It's it's just too powerful. It's too powerful. You can you can steer any event in any direction. Of course, she wants her crew to get home. That was the right thing for her and for her crew. And if she could do it with minimal interference to the 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 timeline, you know, it might not be such a bad thing. But ultimately, I think maybe we should avoid that at all costs. Okay, so could we not argue? That Voyager, I mean, excuse me, Discovery's presence in the future (laughs) could equally be as detrimental, something from the past coming to the future. It's in reverse. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. But but they have made a life for themselves in the future by something that they did in the past. So we we could do that thing in Doctor Who that they always do. It was supposed to happen that way. (laughs) And it it was in Pyramids of Mars that you're referencing. Maybe she was supposed to have done the changing of the timeline all along. Yeah. And that was never meant to happen. Yeah. Who knows? I did love seeing some of this future tech 
Uh, there we got to see like the um, new shielding that she had on her shuttlecraft that the Voyager got. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and the Borg tech where they're just like decimating Borg cubes like it's not even anything, you know. Mm-hmm. I find that all all really interesting and cool. I got kind of a sad moment. You you mentioned your Tuvok moment being your sad moment. I think my sad moment was seeing Neelix and Astrometrics playing Kata Scott with uh, 709. That one was really sad because good for Neelix. He has a family now, but, you know, he's he's left back there in the Delta Quadrant. So, Well, I, I remember it wasn't it about two or three episodes before that that he left, if I remember correctly. I think so, yeah. You know, and I remember watching it, but I didn't expect him to leave before they got home. I actually expected him to go, you know, on back. Because when you start the show, pretty much you know if they get lost at the beginning, when the show ends, they've got to get back. You know, that's kind of the assumption. Yeah. And my assumption was he would get back with them or go back with them. So that was kind of a big, you know, when he didn't. So, yeah, I'm with you there. So I want to ask you, we're going, we're jumping all around here, folks. If you had any problems with the episode, what was your biggest issue? I'm going to go first and say my biggest issue. It may be the same one as yours. I don't know. The ending. So as they're coming out of the transwarp conduit, they make a decision to change course at the very end. We don't see what happens to the Voyager. All we see is this Borg sphere chasing them. So we don't get any explanation of how it actually gets inside the sphere, except that they changed course. And of course, it's a very dramatic, awesome ending to see it. The cube come out. Then seconds later, it just goes up in flames and and the Voyager comes bursting through for a very poetic ending (laughs) to the series. But that that part didn't sit well with me when I first saw it and seeing it again. It was equally as annoying to me. Okay. So, have so, you even thought about that? Or Yes, absolutely. So, in reverse, actually, th- that I thought of it. Now, when I watch it the first time, and, you know, anybody that's heard me on a podcast knows, you know, give me something sad, I'll cry in a minute. So, I remember at the, you know, watching it the first time, that moment where they finally get home was like, you know, that moment you're just like, you've been waiting for yes. and building for. So you have that emotional response. I really wasn't paying attention to the logistics <laughs> the first time watching it because I was all <laughs> captured in the moment. And maybe that's how they wrote it. They really didn't expect you to like pick it over with a fine tooth comb. But watching it the second time through, last night I was going, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't quite make sense. No, no. You know, it was cool. It yeah, was cool. It was cool, but no, it just didn't quite make sense. What is your favorite part of the episode? My favorite part of the episode is every time you have the Janeways together. Yes. I think she did an excellent job of creating enough distinction between the two that it made it believable. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, you know, I look at Harry Kim and I look at um, uh, Tom Paris and they looked like Riker did when they tried to age him and it didn't really look, you know, authentic. <laughs> yeah. Their aging didn't quite feel authentic. Barclay didn't feel authentic at, to me in the sense of what we have now, you know, the, the, the things that they're able to do now. 
That said, Janeway Admiral look didn't look made up. It looked a little more natural. It really did. And of course, I can see the the current Kate McGraw going in and getting some hair, you know, fixed or whatever. She she looked just like that. Uh, uh, Robert Duncan McNeil looks nothing like old Tom Paris. Right. <laughs> Jared Wong looks. I can see him getting a haircut, and he will look he would look close with a little graying up because he's actually he may be naturally gray, but he yeah he might dye his hair or something. But he's not gray from what I can tell. Maybe a little bit. I haven't seen Lieutenant Barkley since I'm, I'm I think he's still alive, but uh, I don't know how he looks. And of course, Chakotay is all white haired, but we didn't see yeah. him in, in, in as the older aged up. Uh, he still looks great as, as as well. And of course, we've seen seven or nine kicking butt and Picard during mm-hmm. Ryan. So and Tim Tim Russ is still is still with us. Yeah, isn't Tim he? Russ is. He he looks similar, but you know, just just a little bit older, a little bit older. Right. He's look, he looks pretty close. So, man, I just want them to do something to pull these guys back in. If there's a part of the episodes that I had a problem with other than, well, the parts that I like, I'd say a part that I really, really liked. Uh, speaking of Tom Paris and and Harry Kim, I love the part when Harry has the brilliant idea of trying to come up with solutions to get back to that that nebula to to try to figure a way to get to these these wormholes that they're detecting. I just, mm-hmm. And he's coming to all type ideas. And, and of course, Tom is going to have a baby and he's like, old man, Tom. Now he's, he's not taking risk anymore. Right. <laughs> and Harry just gives him a hard time. I just thought it was hilarious when he's, he's settled down and is not, not trying to cause any ruckus. <laughs> he's just want to be there for us. He's a family man. So he said in the episode, so I just found that really funny. And I just, I love those two. Their dynamic is really, really hilarious. And, and yeah. All right. So if anybody who has connections with the Star Trek writing or that's listening to us right now, the writing, production, casting, whatever, I have a recommendation. If they do a Tilly show with Starfleet Academy. So if this happened, let's say six. Okay, so let's say it's been 20 years since the finale of Voyager, and let's just say they want to shoot it up to the future or whatever. No, Tilly is in the future. No, never mind. What I was, <laughs> what I was thinking was I would love to see the character reappear that's their child. That Ooh. would be a good Voyager tie-in yeah. that you could have had, you know, perfect. You cast anyone, but just say, hey, my parents were... Tom Paris and Belana Torres. Yeah, that would be really cool. And again, I just I just hope there's room to bring DS9 people back, bring Voyager people back. The fact that we did a, a live action Lower Decks Strange New Worlds crossover that's coming up. If we could do that, we could do anything. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> don't give us what we don't want. Give us what we do want. <laughs> I'm trying to think about other details of... The episode that I really liked, uh, Alex Craig as the um, Borg Queen, I thought was really, really well done. And it was awesome seeing older Janeway go against her head to head and just look her in the dead in the face and not have an inkling of fear in her body. Right. <laughs> it was just amazing. You know, if you look at it from the perspective of tying up loose ends, because that's all that it was, yep. the only thing that I wish that I would have gotten more of was actually see them getting home other than just seeing the ship. 
but knowing that we already got that in the um, beginning within the future, you know, yeah. I don't, I guess you didn't want to repeat that again at the end. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think everybody had some type of end game to their story, no pun intended. True. You know, there was wrapping up of everybody's and does it fit in 2023 storytelling terms? Maybe not. Maybe it feels a little bit too in a box and, yeah. you know, nicely nice wrapped bow. up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I like my nice bow. I like it nicely wrapped. It, yeah. it gave me a good feel sitting there watching it again. Yeah. And if I would have never got any more Star Trek Voyager, I think I would have been happy. But now that they're bringing Star Trek back, I want more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I will say this. There is definitely a cringe moment in this episode. What was it? When Seven wants to get her Borg implant removed so she can feel or experience the full gamut of emotion. And the doctor is just so creepy. He's like, if you need to explore those, I'm really available to (laughs) to help you out. (laughs) Oh, like, oh, man, this is so creepy, man. So creepy. (laughs) But... You know, th- that goes perfect with the character, though. But again, something that doesn't age well, right? Yeah, yeah I don't think it did. It was funny. But, it was yeah, funny. it was funny. But speaking of the doctor, a cool thing for the two of us is the fact that you and I have a picture with the doctor, not the the doctor, but a the doctor from Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. That was at uh, Pensacon a few years back. Yeah, first year I think we went to Pensacon. Yeah, yeah, that was that was amazing. Get to, getting to meet him, and we also saw Robert Duncan McNeil. And was there somebody else? Yes, Robert Duncan McNeil, the gentleman who passed away that pe- that played. Oh, um, yeah, Aaron Aaron Eisenberg. Yeah, we saw him yeah. as well. They were all on a panel together. And there was one other person. Was it was it Harry Wang? Yeah, uh, Garrett uh, Wang. Garrett Wang. Garrett Wang. Was he was he on the panel? Was it him? There were three people. I can't remember the third one. It, it was. I don't. I don't think it was Garrett Wayne because I think I remember when we saw William Shatner. He was he did a stage thing at right, the same. But, but I could have sworn there were three people on this panel. It meant the third person may have been whoever was asking the questions. Yes, yes, Maybe. yeah. I know. I can't Ro- remember. Yeah, yeah. Robert Picardo, uh, Robert Duncan McNeil, because they kept t- talking about the two Robbies, and I think yeah. it was uh, Aaron Eisenberg was kind of okay. jumped in on their panel. Got yeah. you. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I think we can end there. I just think we love this episode. We again, we going back to it. It's just like a warm blanket. It's a five for me for this episode because was it the perfect wrap wrap up? Maybe it was too perfect. <laughs> Maybe it's just mm. a bit too perfect. I loved it. I thought it had everything I was looking for. Uh, I just you know, as as a curiosity, you want to know what what happened after they got back to Starfleet headquarters or whatever. But as it stands, getting a glimpse into the future. I, I think it's a perfect, perfect ending for this the voyage home. Yeah. Looking from the context of 2001, I'm going to, you know, not trying to, you know, look in the future of what we know now, but just going back to 2001, five out of five, they hit it out of the park. They, they gave a big spectacular ending in a 2001 style, five out of five. I loved it then and I love it now. Yeah, they, they got they got what she said. Can we have our cake and eat it too, or something? She said, "Yes, they yep, got to that, exactly. destroy the conduits and get back home." And just a beautiful ending. One more thing before we end. One more thing. Did you? First of all, let me say the fit of the future 
uniforms was a bit mm. sloppy. And I guess that's just because they were trying to rush to get a new futuristic look and get them on the on the actual characters. But did you notice the styling of those uniforms looked a lot like the lower deck uniforms? And I'm wondering if they use these as the bases kind of for the lower deck uniform because they Maybe. have the kind of cross cross yeah. collar down yeah. on the side. I yeah, don't know I if you've seen that. that before. We may have, but this is my first time noticing it. Uh, yeah, in, in maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Let, let me say this real quick before um, we go. And you know, I know you're you're wrapping up, but those were the days. The other reason that I put that in as our uh, beats of the episode is for what we will be discussing in the weeks to come. That is actually quoted in the most recent trailer for Picard. Those were the days. So we're going to revisit Good Times Season 3, Picard. Yeah, man. I think I'm going to pull some steals from that trailer and maybe we can jump on later this week. Or maybe that can be our review for next week to just talk about the trailer, pull some of the steals, take a look. Mm, Get ingrained in the nostalgia of what's going on in this last season. That's pretty exciting. And yeah, I have no idea what they're going to do. I just know they're bringing back old folks. Oh, not mm. old folks. As the old characters. <laughs> Sounds bad to say old folks. <laughs> they're bringing back characters we've not seen in a while. Yeah, they're bringing back our characters that we know and love from TNG and subsequent movies. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to see what they do there. I think I'm going to have a lot more fun with this season than I have with one and two, even though one and two were good on their own. Uh, I'm really excited about season three and to get aboard the Titan and, and see what our, our ragtag crew can do. So let me make real quick. Uh, last thing I want to say, I'm going to make a prediction. I think we're going to have a lot of the fields in this one. I think we're going to have a lot of, you know, the, the, the hair standing up on your arms and, you know, having that little punch in your gut moment. I think we're going to have quite a lot of those in this next season. But you're saying it's going to be crying the whole time to see these characters Who knows? come back. <laughs> but there you go. Guys, what did you think about Star Trek Voyager Endgame? Did you enjoy the Did you watch Voyager? I know a lot of people were hating on Voyager at the time, but to me it has proven to be one of the uh, a, a great entry into the pantheon of Star Trek series. Definitely one that we love. What did you think about Star Trek Voyager Endgame? You can certainly hit us up in the chats if you're watching live or send in feedback to fans at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any and all social medias. Uh, We want to know what you think about it. Yeah. So until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. been listening to the Discussing Network. 
Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. <laughs>